Welcome to the Carrier Summit version of Freightonomics. I'm Zach Strickland here with Anthony Smith. There's a summit. The Carrier Summit, Anthony. That's what's been going on the all day Carrier long. Carrier Summit. Carrier Summit. Uh, talking about all that freight in the uh, in the United States and around the world, and hopefully everybody is having a great time uh, getting some knowledge dropped on them. Uh, but this is Freightonomics, and this is where we discuss uh, the freight market combined with that macroeconomic flavor. That's um, right. And today we've got a pretty special show. Hopefully it's very relevant to a lot of our audience out there, especially the ones uh, tuning in today. Uh, we've got Zach Rogers uh, here to discuss the latest LMI, Logistics Managers Index findings. But we're also going to pull him in to uh, the debate about the current conditions of the freight market, the freight economy. How long is this booming cycle going to last? And he is a fantastic uh, person to talk to about this as one of the authors of the Logistics Managers Index. Do That's you agree? right. I mean, the LMI is so versatile because it's broken down into so many different components. I'm not going to get into it all right now because we have <laughs> Zach Rogers coming up shortly and he'll be able to break it all down. But as you mentioned, this is Freightonomics and yeah. we have a big topic to jump into. And... It's about this bull run that we've been seeing in Sonar, right? Yeah, and, and let's we, we got to define quickly uh, before we bring Zach on here what we're talking about with a bull run. We have been monitoring freight volumes in the United States uh, for the last couple of months. Uh, it's been a very volatile, bumpy ride, uh, spiking up in March, shutting down in April, coming back in, in May to an extent, and then again booming. Not just not just coming back to where it was, but jumping right on through and, and overachieving uh, beyond what many uh, people out there considered <laughs> to be happening. Uh, you know, n- nobody expected this, this to be happening just yet. And, and those, the reasons for that are numerous. Uh, I'm not going to dive into every single one of them, but uh, one of those, uh, a few of them right off the top, uh, we're talking about a restarting economy. Uh, the effects of that are, of course, as everybody's starting to get back online and put production back into uh, places, they're responding to the fact they were shut down for a month. Uh, they've got to get a lot of stuff back in place. So that requires extra activity, leading to extra freight in the, in the market. Consumer behavior changes. Consumers are now, uh, I believe Zach was on here uh, not that long ago talking about some of this. Uh, consumer behaviors changing over the last couple of months. You know, we have a lot more people working from home. They're not spending as much money on services and travel. Uh, so they're spending more stuff on home improvement uh, and, and, of course, consumer products to help them around the house. Uh, supply chains, changing the way that they manage their inventory levels and the way that they're trying to de-risk uh, themselves from the current environment. China, of course, is a big uh, you know, influence on our sourcing, etc. Uh, supply chains don't get their products. They don't get to sell that revenue uh, or sell their products to create that revenue, I should say. So that leads to no, no profit. So they want to make sure that they have some sort of diversification in their supply chains and also a way for them to move that inventory as efficiently as possible to the end user so they can recognize that revenue uh, as they change the way they distribute a lot of that freight from distribution centers to more fulfillment center orientation, et cetera. All of these, you know, I, I haven't covered every single one of them, but all of these are big reasons and big factors that we have seen a dramatic uh, decrease in capacity this summer. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And one of the things is like, we usually have seasonality within freight. One of the things I've learned here and is that their seasonality has almost gone out the door and everything else is just kind of, it's kind of like we're acting 
in a, va- a vacuum and every day is like a new day with nothing that's comparable. And so when we're looking at this, is as you mentioned, one of the biggest things that we've seen so far, one of the things I think is most impactful has been those inventory levels have, um, I think early on where we saw a big pull forward mm-hmm. and then we saw inventory levels. We can probably talk more to this with uh, Zach Rogers as it comes on, but more uh, inventory levels being kind of unstable upstream versus downstream and those retailers kind of getting able to position their product in place as an economy to re- back, reopen again. And then that kind of shuttered once more. And then now they're stuck with this product. And now it gets to be creative solutions on how to store all this stuff. And the re- old historic drivers of freight, such as the industrial production segment, manufacturing, haven't really been a factor s- thus far. And it's much been much more consumer driven. But consumers in a state of uncertainty, especially right. now. Uncertainty. <laughs> uncertainty, especially <laughs> now when we have um, those the expired uh, CARES Act. And so there yep. are a lot of unknowns and excited to jump in all of that today with you and Z2. Well, let's, let's, let's go ahead and do something that I'm certain about. Let's bring on Zach Rogers and, yes. uh, and introduce him and have a look at him looking good, hey. wearing that mask. He's <laughs> <laughs> got this. branding. This is Freight Waves. You got his Freightways mask. He's branded <laughs> up and everything. He's ready to go. So exactly. I am. I am in the pocket. Of <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time uh, to join us today, Zach. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show uh, about some of the. Uh, you know, people are just almost in disbelief at how quickly the market's recovered and the position that we're in. Uh, Let's dive into the latest LMI indexes. And of course, you know, give us any any background for those of, uh, you know, some of our listeners may not be totally familiar with it. Sure. So uh, the LMI um, is basically a change index where we go out and we ask a few hundred uh, high level, you know, directors and above uh, from a bunch of different industries. Hey, Inventory, warehousing, freight, uh, prices and capacity, are they going up, are they going down, are they staying the same? Averages all together to get an overall uh, index number. And basically the rule of thumb, uh, when you read uh, the, the logistics index report available at the-lmi.com, uh, is any number over 50 is going to indicate growth. Any number below 50 is going to indicate some sort of contraction. And the further above 50, the faster the the growth is moving, further below 50, the quicker the contraction is happening. And when we look at uh, the most recent report, what we see is some pretty serious contraction in available capacity. So trucking. So basically, trucking activity. Basically, people can't find a truck and they're running out of space in their warehouses, correct? (laughs) Exactly. And so... Transportation capacity came in at uh, 42 this uh, this month. That's the lowest number we've had since October of 2018. Uh, right? 2018. So, <laughs> yeah, remember, remember how <laughs> yeah. good that was, 2018? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, similar to that, you know, relatedly, our prices were at about 73. That's the highest that's been since December of 2018. So, so since like basically Q4 of, of 2018, we haven't seen uh, this this much activity uh, with with trucking freight. 
So. Yeah, and and of course the uh, our outbound tender rejection index is as high as it was in 2018. At this point, yep. Um, yep. you know we, we're seeing 24, 25 percent tender rejection rates, meaning that carriers are rejecting 25 percent of their contracted uh, accounts. Shippers can't be feeling good about that, um, and of course the volumes. Outbound tender volume index, uh, some 40% higher year over year. 2019, of course, a soft year at that. But, wow. you know, both are, are backing up everything that you're saying here. And it's leading to one of the hottest markets since that mythical 2018 that, you know, if you were yeah. in it, uh, everybody just kind of wrote it off as something we would never see again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> what I think this is indicative of in many ways is the changing shape of uh, the economy, specifically the consumer economy. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of evidence to back this up, but obviously e-commerce, I mean, it was growing, but the, the lockdown has been like rocket fuel for e-commerce. Okay. Exactly. So, you know, you can't go to stores, you can't do all the things that you normally would do. And so as a proportion of the overall consumer economy, e-commerce is up. Well, what does e-commerce take? Trucks and warehouses. So let's say, you know, even if the economy is down overall, well, maybe e-commerce used to be 20% and now it's 25 or 30%. So even a lower overall economic number will lead to more uh, logistics uh, services being used than it would have even six months ago at this point. And that's why we're seeing, you know, huge inventory levels because you got to hold inventory somewhere to send it out. No warehouse capacity. I mean, it is impossible to get warehouse <laughs> space right now. Very little trucking capacity and huge spikes in both transportation and warehousing prices, at least in terms of the sort of consumer sector. Now, it is, I think, good to point out that, yes, trucking is up like crazy, but look at rail. Look at sea. Look at air freight. What's going on with all that stuff? It's, it's not such good times there, right? And so I think what we're really seeing is this sort of bump that's happened because of uh, an over-reliance on e-commerce during all of this, this pandemic stuff. You know, I had never ordered like groceries before on my phone before <laughs> this happened. And now I can't imagine going back to a grocery store, you know? And so I, I think there's been a lot of moves sort of in, in that direction. And it's really eating up all of this logistics. Yeah, I know my parents uh, have been ordering a ton of Omaha steaks <laughs> uh, or a lot of meat from Omaha steaks, and the uh, they've gotten their groceries delivered to them uh, over the last little bit, uh, yeah. at least to some extent. Uh, so, yeah, there is a lot of consumer changes. There's a lot of different ways that we're consuming stuff, and, of course, a lot of it's involving transportation. Um, you know, I think... One of the interesting aspects of this is we're, we're kind of seeing this extended peak season. Um, you know, normally we don't see things continue to uh, expand on the spot market like they have through July into August. What are, what are some of your, you know, what is your, what is your sense of how things are going to go here over the next couple of months? Because traditionally the third, fourth quarters are kind of a tradition period, tra transition period. Uh, and then we have this big retail bump. What is all this going to look like here over the next couple of months as, you know, we've kind of changed the way we behave. We're still sitting around waiting on the government to say, okay, it's okay. Uh, come out of your houses. Uh, you know, considering that we're probably going to be in our houses for the rest of the year to an extent, what do you, what do you see moving forward here in the next few months? So I think there's two real competing forces here, knowing that a lot of this is consumer driven. So on the one hand, 
you know, it's not like we're going to become less reliant, like you just alluded to, on e-commerce in Q3 and Q4. Uh, if anything, it might go up. So there's the potential that this is the biggest, you know, e-commerce holiday season we've, we've ever seen, which I mean, it is every year, but it, it could be a serious jump. On the other side of that, though, you have the, um, uh, the discontinuation of the enhanced unemployment benefits, which a lot of, you know, extent, you know, economics research showed really made a difference. You know, when people have more money, they're going to spend it. And so it, it, we don't know when that's coming back or, you know, right now it's like maybe the states will have to pay some of it. And as someone who's a state employee, I can assure you the states cannot pay <laughs> some of it. Um, <laughs> and so there's sort of a, a, a tension right now between people want to use these logistics services more than we've, we've ever used them before. But at the same time, parts of the economy might uh, start to slip away if, um, you know, if there's, there's no replacement for the, the enhanced unemployment benefits that really kind of boosted us to the summer. Yeah. So you're saying essentially that, you know, and Anthony ch chime in here, cause you're our, you're the economist here. Uh, you're saying basically there's a big risk in the way that, you know, we still have a very high unemployment rate, uh, throughout the United yep. States. And a lot of that has been masked or covered up by, you know, a lot of the stimulus package, um, mm -hmm. and they're, they're basically, a lot of them are making more money than they were before. People were choosing not to reenter the workforce, et cetera. And right. there's still a lot of concern over how that's going to impact the next couple of months. Accurate. Yeah, I think definitely when, one of the things you just said was that there are some people that were making more on unemployment than they were when they were employed. And so they were choosing to stay at home versus going back in the workforce. And I think we're going to see a, a decline in things like jobless claims coming in because now that we have an ex, uh, ex expired bonus benefits in the works or in play right now, that's going to probably encourage more individuals to return to the workforce mm -hmm. to kind of supplement some of that income that they've been accustomed to or now that they're losing. And so I think that's going to be a factor. The other factor is I think after those initial individuals get back in the workplace, there's going to be a, a big area void of permanent job loss that we weren't quite expecting before just because there's been such a shift in so many industries and i think that's going to be one of the biggest impacts for the consumers and i think because of that permanent job loss we're going to see i think maybe not um this year but maybe early 2021 or second quarter 2021 um i think it's going to be a rough patch because we're going to have maybe those individuals that have been completely displaced and looking for a, a new way to get back into the workforce or maybe looking to find a new skill set i think um a lot of that's going to come down to really kind of being able to pivot i mean hospitality and travel has been impacted hard i think they're going to find different ways around it but this is going to be a change industry, especially for um, things like airline pilots. Um, I'm sure people are going to be hesitant to get back on cruises anytime soon. But um, also, the other thing that we have to be mindful of is that U.S. consumers tend to have a short memory. And <laughs> uh, if, if pent up enough, they will risk it all just to kind of get back to that um, normal life. And so um, I'm definitely interested in the first half of 2021 and seeing how the U.S. responds to some of that permanent job loss in the economy. Yeah, I think that's interesting right. because we've because, never you know, seen... There's, there's 10 million... Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Zach. Uh, I was going to say, you know, there's 10 million people making jobless claims, right? And there's far fewer than 10 million jobs open. There's maybe two, three million jobs open. So even if, you know, there's the, oh, people are making more on unemployment, maybe, some are, but there's seven to eight million folks who, even if they wanted a job right now, it seems like it doesn't exist. And piling on top of this is going to be things like, I'm sure you guys saw... Notre Dame is shut down. Michigan yep. State is shut down. 
UNC just shut down. Um, all of those are in vibrant college towns where the university is the center of the economy. So far, university towns have been somewhat insulated from this. But, you know, there's so many, you know, bars, restaurants, uh, pro shops around the football stadiums, which are not maybe going to play football anymore. I mean, the SEC is going to play football no matter what happens, but, you know, other people might not. And uh, and, and so we're going to see all of these sort of secondary hits to different parts of the economy. So, Anthony, I, I think what you're saying about really looking at Q1 uh, of 2021 to see where we end up makes a lot of sense because there's stuff that is going to happen in the fall that wasn't happening yet in the summer. Yeah, I think you're both making sound points. We're, we're all kind of sitting around looking at some of this macroeconomic data and wondering when is the payment going to come due? Uh, when are we effectively going to see the real impact of this unemployment? Um, you know, industrial production has been subdued, but we've been bailed out so far. When does that become right. a effect? So what I, what I think I'm hearing, and we got about three minutes left, is every, you both are kind of anticipating the rest of 2020 actually may, is probably not going to be that bad for the freight market and the economy in general uh, as we run through some of the stimulus. Is that accurate? I think definitely after we get through the second half of 2020, if there is more stimulus or if there is more support, I think the consumers will be supported by that. Mm -hmm. But that I think the idea initially was that we're going to have this input and the economy, and then we'll kind of find our footing. But if our footing isn't quite meeting that speed, I think there's going to be a lagging effect. And so I definitely anticipate that being an issue. Um, also, real quick here, I see Timothy Henry of Hall in the, the Slack channel saying thoughts on how unit economics of trucking change when labor is more available. Um, so I, it's definitely an economics <laughs> yeah, question. So I think <laughs> so when labor is more variable, I think real quick, there's that uh, capital versus labor uh thought. And so I think, of course, there's going to be more introduction of technology, but I will expand on that, I think, in the Slack channel. But Henry, yeah. I got you. <laughs> so Zach, Zach, too, real quick. We got about two minutes left. Uh, give us your, your outlook for the next couple of months for the logistics industry. So one of the things that we ask uh, every time is next 12 months, where do you see everything going? Mm -hmm. And both uh, warehousing prices, and transportation prices, we we caught numbers in the 80s. Uh, and we caught really high inventory costs as well. Um, and so essentially the, the people we talk to are expecting uh you know this this sort of to keep this wave to keep moving. Now, a lot of those surveys were filled out with it with the expectation that there was going to be continued stimulus. So we got to see kind of where that where that goes. Right on. But I, I wouldn't anticipate really any break in terms of warehousing and inventory at all. I mean, we're going to have to keep storing a lot of inventory. And especially as we start and stop in places like California, it's so difficult to forecast correctly right now because you don't know when things are going to close and reopen. And I mean, you know, it's a there's, different thing every, every week. There's, there's definitely so, that I think we can all agree on is that we're still in that level of uncertainty, but we've got uh, 20 seconds to go, Zach. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, on that note. Uh, but we do have bid season coming up around the corner. Lots still to be hashed out in terms of the sustainability of the current price levels as well. So, again, Zach, exactly. thank you so much. My Bill Belichick expression, huh? <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> on to uh, the second half. Hey, and that's and what we're unemployment's high. This is the time to get more truck drivers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Get back if in. If they're willing to come back. <laughs> exactly. Risk it right all. Right on. All right. Thanks for all watching. Right, Enjoy the rest today. of the summit. <laughs> that's what we're doing.